I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the question of the week. I think we chatted about it just leading into things. We, we you mentioned uh, about, well, we, the question of the week was what do we, what can we charge for our work? I mean, what can we charge maybe for, for, you know, a bike that somebody, a lot of people are coming into the scene and they're starting to build, like all of us got excited. The cool thing about custom bikes is that you could start from like zero budget, right? And you could add things as your skills improve, as you get things going, you can, that's what, that's what's really cool about the bike game. So that was, so eventually people start, people asking them. And then next thing you know, people asking them, hey, how much do, would you make me this bike for, right? And a lot of us, uh, I, I want to go further because I know you made some good, I want you to bring them out, but like a lot of us don't really know, like we think that we should just charge for like, say the materials and maybe our time. All right. And before we get into what our time's worth, you know, we, we think that's what it's worth. It's nothing more than time and material. Right. A lot, a lot of people think, I mean, I, I started off thinking like that people, cause it seems to be kind of how easy you can calculate, but of course we never counted any of our creativity in there and how much time we spent trying to be creative in the design or whatever. We never sort of really, so a kind of, um, value for our work is really, uh, based on some limitation. What well, what do you think about it, Gary? You you've had some really interesting thoughts, and I don't want to break it out for you. What do you think? Well, I think that most of the people that are doing these custom bikes are not taking into consideration their talent, um, their artistic talent. The value of of a painting. Let's let's say you're getting a Van Gogh. You buy a Van Gogh now, you're going to pay millions and millions of dollars for it. That's what it's worth. You buy a Van Gogh back when Van Gogh was alive, you're going to pay Van Gogh to make a painting for you. You want him to paint your portrait, okay? And he's going to tell you it's going to cost you $600 to paint your portrait. Well, he's not just charging for his time. He's charging you a certain amount for his talent. And that talent is, he has to assign a certain value to that talent. And he's going to assign that value based on how many people want him to paint his, paint your picture. And I, I think these bikes are the same thing. They are artistic statements as much as they are mechanical statements. And I've had this com conversation with other custom builders where they charge a certain amount of money for their bike. And I'm like, you're crazy. That bike is worth way more than that. Yeah. So that's a unique one-of-a-kind bike. Yep. You know, you, you need yeah. to charge something for your talent, not just your mechanical ability. You're a great welder. You're a great mechanic. Okay. Those have quantifiable numbers attached to them. Mechanics get a hundred bucks an hour. A uh, welder is going to get 125 bucks an hour. A good one. Um, that's easily quantifiable. But how do you quantify the, the talent? And that's based on how much people want it, the desire for it. Uh, the desire for, let's say, Robert Bellier's bike is very high, way higher than the price would reflect. The prices on his bikes are way too low based on his talent. And I've told him that. But 
you know, he's still charging basically for the welding job that he's doing and the cutting and the bending. And I don't think, I honestly don't think he's getting anything for his talent. And I, I just think that's wrong. I, I think all the builders need to somehow figure out what their talent is worth and get something for that. Because why does somebody buy a Robert Bellier's bike instead of McCargy bike? Not because it's built better, because it's better looking, because it's more stylish. And that has to have value. And I just think everybody is underestimating the value of their, their talent. Okay, yeah. I mean, can I make a, a, some a scenario that I thought about just to make it uh, make it thought? You know, imagine if you're building your bike, and I'm asking everybody here, especially people in the beginning uh, who just don't have a lot of skill yet, but they like designed their bike and they, you know, did it nice or whatever. Maybe they're even a tattoo artist and they could like draw it out really nice. And then maybe they have to like technically draw it or something and then take it to a welder. Right. And maybe even you have to like cut out all the tubing and, and get it, you know, all set up so that you just so the guy just welds. Right. And it's the only thing he does. He doesn't come up. He doesn't cut it. He doesn't do anything. All he does is weld. Right. And what's that guy going to get charged? Right. So like well, in, in a case in a case like that, you could go to any welder and they could build it for you. But there are other things involved in bicycles. And I've I've been dealing with this for years and years. Um, there are designs that work and designs that don't work. I mean, mechanically, the wheels will spin and the handlebars will turn, but the bike rides like a piece of crap. So you need to have a certain basic knowledge of how bikes work before you can actually build a bike. So that's also got some value. Uh, but that's a quantifiable value. I mean, an engineer is going to get a certain amount of money for his time. Uh, engineers I mean, really are. Engineers but what about supply and demand? What about supply? You said supply and demand. Like, all right, Robert Bellier doubles his price. All right. I mean, is he selling any bikes now? Or are you thinking like, you know, he can double it. Yeah, he's worth way more. Yeah, he should be like way more. And but nobody will buy it if it's double price. Well, not nobody, but I mean, you know, our 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 market is really small. I mean, I guess you might say like it needs to be bigger then, right? Our market, we, I just don't think our market's big enough. I I see companies like Fat and McCargy selling lots of stretch bikes. I mean, custom stuff. I'm talking, you know. I mean, anybody yeah, I know. can customize that, but they're selling lots of them. There, I think the market is much bigger than you realize. I, it's much bigger than I ever thought it would be right now. You know, when I when I was first starting out, when I first saw Robert Bellier's bikes, I didn't think there was a market at all. And I've been shown that I'm completely wrong on that. And, you know, through my dealings with other builders and with other companies, um, I see now that it's much bigger than any of us realize, period. Uh, but if you're, there's two different markets. There's a custom market and there's the mass market. And custom builders are never gonna build for the mass market. And the mass market is never gonna build for the custom builder unless you do I it. I mean, could we, kind could of we not? Where could we you, not, Gary? I mean, could not, I mean, I always thought like, 
why why can't there be you know some of the more talented custom bike builders why not like these places like fat or mccargy hunting down any some of the more talented custom designers in our scene i mean w wouldn't it be like even some of the cool bikes like you know we, there's some bikes that are like like sam mckay's uh fluid it's probably the most highly sold bike in, in you know in the custom scene and you know there's a quite a few why why not why haven't like big big companies come uh, and approach any of the you know more talented custom bike builders i i would now i'm just guessing here but i would guess that they're more concerned with number one is it something they can build at a factory level and or is it too complicated, too complex to build at the factory? And the factories, well, pretty much all the factories are in China now. And they are used to building bikes a particular way. And I know when I was at FAT, when we came up with some unique aspect of a bicycle that we wanted to change, like the tank, for example, um, we would have to, I would have to go personally to China and teach them how to build a tank. So it's difficult to get manufacturers large quantity uh, builders to actually produce fabricate and produce large numbers of special bikes so the talent that the builders have the custom builders have is hard to translate to factory output very difficult i mean yeah i this stuff like in my my own particular design there's there's like in that one over there i never had intention for anybody ever to copy that bike in the background even like john brains which is right there any of those bikes even all these i don't think that it was never intention they could try but the whole point is we never i never in my mind thought like i'm gonna build a bike for the masses right and nothing was ever in my mind for the how easy it would make you know china's job and I think a lot, as like you said, a lot of builders are not thinking about what what you know uh, uh, China is going to be. I think if we put our head into that, we probably sell we probably sell some more bikes. But you know, we I think we want to be more unique and more cool. I I don't really see how. That's where I feel like that's why we're never grown off out of here is because we never want to duplicate our stuff, right? It's cool like for to get like an intro into it through McCargy or Fats and things like that. But, you know, in the end, the custom bike is about being as unique as possible, you know? Exactly. exactly. Yes. You know, so, yeah, totally. we, yeah, we tried. <laughs> we tried. And, you know, but, that, that's the other limiting yeah. factor, too, is is you want you want your, your, your design to be unique. You don't want it to be the same as everybody else's. So That's right. I mean, so can we, like, so for people wanted to start off and say, okay, get me, what, what can... Let's put some hard numbers in here. Somebody's watching here and said, look, I just, no one's bought a bike for me. But someone asked me, somebody asked me yesterday, hey, they like my bike. I built it myself. And then what should I charge them? You know, should I charge them, you know, bicycle mechanic wages? I mean, I don't have any experience yet. I mean, I, I did it for myself. You know, somebody wants me to build them something. I, I don't know what I'm going to charge them. You know, what's my hourly? What's my... You know, how, what am I thinking in my head when I want to charge somebody? That's a question that, I mean, that, that, that's going to be really hard to answer that question. Because <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the only thing you can do is take the stuff that you have and find out what the 
what it's worth. Um, and if you don't want to sell what you have, then I don't think it's possible to come up with a price on something for that. I mean, aside from just assigning a value to the time and, and, and you know, mechanical ability, um, there's really no way. Well, of, I mean, yeah. I, I thought like, for example, my idea was if you felt like, I, I, as you say, quantifiable, at least the quantifiable end would be, all right, what is a good bike mechanic get? Bicycle mechanic, because that's what we were getting. We were like glorified bicycle mechanics, and they found our bikes in bicycle shops, and they want to pay us bicycle wages. You know, I mean, that's how, you bicycle know, why it's so low income. It's yeah, so bicycle low. mechanics don't make nearly as much as they're worth. Hell no, no, they don't, man. It's it's really on the low end of like the you know the skilled kind of mechanical jobs, and that's what they thought. We were just kind of like a little bit better, like we we're mechanics that could weld. I mean, that's basically what I felt like in the sort of twenty years I've been involved. They couldn't. They found their bikes there, and they always just wanted to come up and say, "Look, I'll give you like what do you want? Eight bucks an hour in the in the shop? I'll give you ten, you know." <laughs> so. I'm not looking at that kind of, but I say to people, start there, start there, put your, like, let's start 10 bucks an hour. All right. Why, why, why 10 bucks? Cause you know what? You, you're not having any experience yet. Let's start at 10 bucks that you know how to fix a bike at the very least that you could probably get a shop, a, a, a job in a bike shop and you get paid 10 bucks an hour. So like, all right. So whatever you spent on that, um, more or less, you put that on there. So 10 bucks an hour, times whatever it took you 20 hours you know uh yeah i mean count your time officially at, at least for the, the ability uh, and then cost of materials and you might say well you know i got it all free i got it on the street and uh you know that didn't cost me anything yeah but it does actually it does i know it costs me every time i i got loads of free stuff and some free stuff are more, more important than other free stuff and you're going to put a value to that right so I, I think people need to put a little bit more than it was free, but more more about like how much it's worth in, in sort of a project. You know, like it's worth a bike at least. It's worth like that bike is worth, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks, you know, in its used value. So I, I kind of throw that quantifiable time. And then if you're an artist about this, and I'm saying to you, that's where you start. So after you find your your price, uh, your 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 materials, I say double it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's all, that's all Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but there's so many people that there, there is one other uh, group of people out there too, and that's the people that just love bikes. And the people that just love bikes would probably do it for free. Uh, charge you for the materials and then the rest of the stuff that they're, they're, they're doing, they're doing it because they love doing it. Uh, it's their hobby. It's their sport. It's whatever. But Robert Bellier is one of those people that, that really loves what he does and it shows in the end product, but because he loves it so much, I don't think he's as concerned with how much profit he makes. And I'm sure his wife would agree with me on this, that, most of these guys, including Robert, don't make nearly enough for their talent. And that's, that's why he's awesome. That's why he's awesome because he got more people into it. That's right. There's a lot of us that just be like, oh, come on. It's really easy to get in. Like, I, I think everybody sees that, I like, the 
finishes on their bikes and you know the extreme like so they get pulled you know they got turned off and they get turned off by people like throwing out you know five six seven hundred and nine hundred dollar frames you know and people are like what but you know i i'm like i'm with you i think all those numbers i just said they should be doubled <laughs> it would be nice yes, buy them now huh? you guys buy them now they're cheap huh it would be nice you know <laughs> the bicycle industry itself has always been extremely undervalued i've been in this industry for a long time and i can't tell you how many times i mean uh, we're talking thousands of times i've heard the same thing from consumers they'll walk into the store and they'll say how much is this bike i'll say it's 230 dollars and they'll say, I can get the same damn bike at Kmart for a hundred bucks. Why do you get $230 for your bike? They don't really care about that answer. They just want you to know that they could get the bike cheaper at Kmart or Walmart or wherever. And the difference in the bikes is tremendous. I mean, it's, it's a huge difference. But you can't explain that to a person that believes that a bicycle is just two wheels, a chain and handlebars. You know, they're all the same to them. And I'd say a good 75, 80% of the people out there buying bikes are of that mindset, of the mindset that prices of bicycles should be based on what they sell for at Kmart, not on what they should sell for. And I've experienced this thing on everything from parts to complete bikes, um, anything to do with bicycles, a derailleur. If you look at a derailleur on a 10-speed bicycle or, or a racing bicycle, I call them 10-speeds because that's where I grew up, but 21-speed <laughs> bikes, whatever. Um, that derailleur, the engineering and componentry and manufacturing that goes into that one part, that part should probably cost $100 if you compared it to electronics or a blender for your kitchen or you know an alternator for your car. The amount of effort that goes into building that, the amount of parts that goes into building that, that should be a hundred dollar part. Nobody wants to pay more than 10, 15 bucks for it. You know, that's it. You know, unless you're a racer, then you're going to spend hundreds of dollars on it. You know what it's worth. But the typical cyclist doesn't really understand how much effort, how much engineering, how much work there is involved in a real bicycle because they're buying at Kmart most of the time. So that's Walmart, Walmart, yeah, Walmart, Walmart now. Walmart, Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. <laughs> this part, that We've got Walmart now. <laughs> Kmart too, I think. Yeah, it's Kmart as well. <laughs> but um, you know, that that's been a problem in the cycling industry for a long time. And that's something that, you know, you'll you'll run up against more in the retail business than you do in the custom business. Custom people, you know, kind of drop that a little bit, but it's still there. You know, to some extent, it's still there. It still exists. That's right. So I'm, I'm glad you given us some kind of, because I'm still, I mean, I, I got my answer, you know, and I did spend 20 years in, in and I got my price. And I, I, I know, I'm, I feel a bit confident about what I can charge. Um, but, you know, I, I really feel it for the new guys. I really feel like, hey, you know, people want to buy my bike. What, what, what should I charge them, you know? And like you said, they end up doing it for like, you know, next they, they undervalue their their time, or they undervalue their materials, and at the end of the day, like you know, it started off with real excitement, and actually, after they've done all the work, you, you, they kind of went like, "Wow, I, that was a lot of work." You know, 
for 50 bucks. 